This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone. Welcome on back. It's Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. It's the number one tennis betting podcast and YouTube show with myself, Nigel Seeley, and our senior ATP Tour handicapper, it's Sean Calvert, brought to you from association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Sean, good afternoon, mate. Good afternoon. Not a great day today, has it really been? I mean, it was a struggle yesterday going through the bets, and today doesn't look even much better, really, does it? Yeah, it doesn't help when they start late, so late in Montpellier. You know, they don't even start till what, half past two in the afternoon on the main court and slightly earlier on the outside court. Um, I've watched quite a bit of tennis today, actually, but the the quality hasn't been great. There's been an awful lot of moaning going on, which I found quite interesting. Ah, it's a common, um, common, common denominator. On the, on the outside court, particularly, there's all sorts been going on there. Pretty much everyone smashed the racket. They've had supervisors called out. There's all sorts been going on there. But um, as far as the scheduling is concerned, it's difficult because they don't they play, you know, 7 p.m. match and they play a match after that. And then the winner of that is on the next day, generally. Um, so it's kind of too late for us to record a show, but too early for the, the next day, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's, it's a kind of an awkward time. And normally when we've got these ATP 250s, there's two or three uh, being played concurrently, aren't there? But, and so we can always normally find matches, but with one, we're kind of beholden to, to their schedule, which is um, not ideal. It's good to see you. Anything else happening? It's like yesterday. Well, I know, but it's good to see you. It's good to check in. Anything else happened? Anything anything weird or wonderful happened today in the world of Calvert? No, no, anything no no. No, I've just been watching post. I've just been watching tennis. Anything come through? Well, what have you done? Right, so I, no, 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 no. I just wondered like you might have got a letter, you um, might have had a problem with the waterboard or something like, you know. Feels like you were gonna just... send me something. I, I I should be worried about it. Sean, but... listen, I'm not I've told you that the t the t shirts are being worked on. I will let okay. you know when they come. I'm not going to know that. That's not yet. I'll let you know before before you go to Indian Wells. The t-shirts will be there. Okay. Now I just wondered if there's anything happened or you know usually you know, dentist appointments or nah. There's not there's not much going on at the minute. I mean I've I've watched an awful lot of tennis today. I've still got it on on that screen now. Watching Gail Monfils against Caboli, which feels like it's been at three all for about half an hour. So um, the one thing that is interesting actually about Montpellier, it, it doesn't look doesn't look very quick, does it? I've just no. noticed that they're playing. Well, I noticed earlier on today that they're playing with head ATP balls, which are pretty slow. I think that's got a lot to do with it. It doesn't look, it doesn't look the quickest. As I say, Monfils has been playing this game now for absolutely ages, so it looks like it's going to be a bit of a grind in Montpellier. I quite like Kaboli to win this match, and um, I, I saw that uh, Zabata Morales won the first set as well. We sort of leant towards him as a. And... It kind of went the way that we sort of suggested: a load of breaks and. Break break all the way to a tie break. That didn't actually happen in the first set. I'm not sure what the score is in the second. Um, LSTM was winning at one stage, but let's have a look. It's a one set or less in the break up in set number three. Yeah, so yeah, fun, kind of, kind of as we as we sort of suggested, you wouldn't you. Wouldn't, I, I also suggested LSTM two one, didn't I? So anyone that yep. uh, would have taken that advice would hopefully. By the time this show finishes, might end up with a nice, uh, nice price winner. We can't talk about and Kazo's going well, isn't he? 
Well, that 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 was we're going to come on to. Him. He's one of the matches we're going to talk about today. A great performance, a young player that uh, is moving in the right direction. He's, he's through into a tough match today, isn't he? He's got a tough match tomorrow against Felix, but um, mm. looking good. Yeah, looking great. Looked too good actually. Too too he was too good for my set one overs. He did his part, but unfortunately, Martra started. Maximilian Martra started his match against Kazoe yesterday really, really bad. I think he lost the first 10 points in a row, which is never what you want when you're on a set one over. So, guy losing the first two and a half games without even registering a point. But uh, never mind. I'd rather it went that way than, than Martra winning 10 points in a row. But, you know, Kazoe's looking looking like he's going to back up that, that form that he showed in Australia, which was so impressive. Uh, you don't want a goal scored in 22 seconds like I did yesterday for my under pick either. Um, what was that, Sheffield? Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, a goal in 22 seconds absolutely ruined me. But anyway, that's my moan. That's my little moan. And the other thing I've got to moan about is my local pubs put the seller price up to by 60p. 60p. Can you believe that? It's a dollar. Is that dollar about dollar. 10% or something? No. Yeah, not far off. About 10%. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. We're going to boycott. Me and the, I'm sure we're... you could talk to the landlord. I'm, do you know him? Yeah, but, but the, me and the lads are boycotting it. Not going there. Is there another alternative, or do you have to walk about four miles? Yeah, right? we have to go a long, long way, but it's it's out of principle. We're not we're not going. We're so not... You get, you're going to get a taxi further out the way. It's going to cost you more. Principle, than the... principle, okay. principle. Right. Well, you could go a long way on principle. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look at the tennis action tomorrow. This is uh, the event in the ATP Tour 250 event in Montpellier. As Sean said there, uh, we have three matches we're going to talk about. Before we're going to talk about the matches, Sean, you mentioned there the conditions. You mm. thought it was a little bit slower uh, today. Uh, is, that, is that sort of in your thought process for the matches tomorrow? Um, yes and no. Uh, yes, it's something to to look at because these head ATP balls, as I said, they're not the quickest. It's the, the problem is with these tournaments, they, ne they never really tell you what balls they're using. Some of the websites, particularly the 250s, are, are not very good. I mean, they're not there to give people that are betting information. Obviously, they're there to promote the tournament and all the rest of it. But um, I, I have ways of discovering what balls they're using, and they're, they're using the head ATP ones, which are a bit slow. So it's something that punters should certainly bear in mind, because um, if unless you've got two massive servers... You know, I should think there's going to be um, quite a few breaks using these balls. There certainly was today. That match, again, which we'll talk about later, Shevchenko, he he was in a real grind um, out on the, the second court. And I think that the head ATP balls have got something to do with it, yeah. How do you find out about the balls? You said you have ways of finding out. Well, how do you find out? I have numerous ways. The way I found out about this one, because I, I hadn't noticed, normally you can see when on the changeover, there's normally, you can normally see what balls are using. There's like a, a Dunlop. Um, ball bin, if you want to call it that, or a head one, or, or whatever. You can normally see it lurking about, but if you can't, I, I can't just look at the screen. I can't really see it on. on I screen. thought you had ways of getting into the ball manufacturers, and you know, I didn't no, think no, he was actually looking at the telly and the easiest way to to, look at the ball. Now, the easiest way is to go to Getty Images and look at still images that they've put up of the event. You might have to scroll through about thirty or forty of them before you see a, a photo of a guy or a girl, a guy in this instance, holding. Two or three tennis balls. Tennis balls. Okay. Yeah. As they're about to serve, and generally, and that will show you the manufacturer and and the the brand and the, the type of ball. Um, that's the way to do it if you don't get the information from elsewhere, and um, that's that's what led me to the head ATP balls discovery. This is how this is how far I go. This is the length. I'm just viewers. about to say this is this is the length you have to go to. I don't. I don't. You're watching, about. going through Getty images. You're watching television, yeah. putting on freeze, looking at the, looking at players' balls. I mean, this is unbelievable. Sure, what you're doing here for the team. You have to. 
You have to go this. I wouldn't, you this... wouldn't catch me looking at any of the tennis players' balls. I'll tell you, that's for sure. Well, you don't need to because I do it for you. So exactly. that's that's where we're at. That's the, that's the kind of level of research I do for this show. Unbelievable. Anyway, let's move on to our, and uh, we have some matches. 6.30 a.m. Eastern time is the matches start in Montpellier tomorrow. Unfortunately, we only have three matches again because the games are being played, as Sean said at the top of the show there. You know, the timing isn't ideal for us. But we have three matches and um, we can start off with the number one seed. And Sean mentioned that the number one seed in this tournament has a has a really bad record. His number one seed this week is Holger Rune. He's up against uh, Pablo, is it Limas? Amas? Yamas, I would say in Spanish. Yamas, Yamas oh, Ruiz. I, I, need you, I need your help on it. Pablo Yamas Ruiz. I don't know anything about this Spaniard. He's ranked 156 in the world. Holger Rune is obviously the number seven in the world. We all know about Holger Rune. I think really we need to know a little bit more about the Spaniard here, uh, Yamas. Uh, the odds are minus 715 for Holger Rune. So a very, very heavy favorite. $715 to win $100. Uh, Yamas is plus 510. The spread is five and a half. Rune. Minus five and a half plus one twenty eight. Yamas minus uh, plus five and a half. Sorry, is minus one sixty seven. And the total here is twenty and a half. If we look at their recent records, we all know that uh, Rune got beat by Kazoo in the in the Australian Open, and Yamas has come through two qualifying matches in Montpellier, and he also beat Richard Gasquet in straight sets, uh, which was not you know you wouldn't think that was a big feat to beat Richard Gasquet in this stage of his career, but. Beating him in, in Montpellier is a big achievement because the French do so well here. So yeah. we don't know much about Yamas. Give us give us a little bit up, uh, about the uh, about the unseeded uh, Spaniard in this match. Yeah, so he's twenty one years of age, quite a young guy. Uh, Yamas, uh, six foot two, quite a big guy. Um, pretty decent serve, not not bad overall. Pretty solid generally. His backhand is quite a nice a nice shot to look at. Um, haven't seen that much of him. He's only played five career matches on indoor hard at all levels, um, at, you know, very few main level matches as well. But, you know, the, the win over Gasquet will be something that he'll be, you know, extremely pleased with. It wasn't a very good Gasquet in all honesty. Gasquet should have won the first set, failed, and, you know, he, he faded away as he, as he tends to do sometimes these days, Gasquet, at the, the very end of his career. Um, as you'd expect, Ruiz plays mainly on clay. 77% of his career matches have been played on clay. So limited... Uh, record on indoor hard, but I think this is more about about Holgerun. Really, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on with him. In case people don't know, he split with yet another coach mm. yesterday I saw that this morning. Uh, Severin Luti, who people will probably remember, was the coach of Roger Federer for for some time. Um, he only joined in December. Did did Severin Luti and the the ever present Holgerun's mom, whose whose name I forget. Um, Mrs. Rune. Yeah, Mrs. Rune. <laughs> Can't remember her Christian name, unfortunately. Um, she, she, the, the reason she stated about them splitting after only two months was that um, Luti couldn't travel often enough with Rune. You know, you would you would have thought that they'd have talked about that before they set up a coaching arrangement, wouldn't you? You you would have thought that they said, "Well, can you? You know, we, I need you to travel this amount of time." And he's gone, "Yeah or no?" And they've gone ahead with it, and now they've gone. Actually, no, I, I can't. I can't travel that much at all. It seems a bit weird mm. that that might be an excuse because he is developing a bit of a reputation, isn't he? As a, as a player that's just going through coaches um, like nobody's business. So now he's only with Boris Becker and Kenneth Carlson or, or his two coaches. As I speak, by the end of this show, there might be something different, but um, that's where we're at at the minute. The thing about Rune is his hard court stats in the last 12 months are not really worthy of the odds that he's being put in at. 
Um, if we look at what he's done in the last 12 months at main level on, on hard courts, indoor and outdoor combined, service points one and return points one total of 100 and a service hold and break total of 101. Now, that's that's all right, but it's not it's not top 10 worthy. It's it's kind of it's much below that, really. It's kind of top 20, top 30. You know, it's not befitting of a guy who's got ideas of, of winning the Grand Slam. So I, I, I find this price a little bit a little bit short based on the statistics, but I'm not sure what I'm going to get from Yamas on the other side of the net. I think if you are looking to get with Holgerun in some way in this match, um, I imagine he'll probably win it somewhat like 6-4, 6-3, something like that. So that there is a way you could back him to to win by that sort of score, which is by backing the total player games, Holgerun's total player games, under 12 and a half uh, games is a minus one one two one point eight nine chance for Bet River, so he's he's got to win sort of six something six something to to collect that bet. It's not perhaps not my sort of bet, but if you are looking for a way to get with Holgerun in a match that he really should be winning, um, that's probably the way I would do it. I think what we're doing here, Sean, is just trying to find a bet for for the sake of trying to find a bet really to give some advice. I mean, we we're looking at Holgerun, we wouldn't bet him a minus seven fifteen. We understand there's problems here, but I think sometimes it's probably best to be swerve a match like this. I just believe. We don't know much about Yamas. We don't know. We know Holgerun, what he's about, 7.15. But uh, you have, have a look at those markets there. There's 28, sort of 28 different markets available with Bet Rivers on this match here, but on a, on a 2.50 event. So uh, you might find something there. But I think really, in all honesty... It's difficult because it, we, we've got no stats yeah, to look with, 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 with Yamas. We, we're, we're sort of guessing at what he can do um, at this level, on this surface. And, and we don't really know what sort of Holgerun is going to turn up. He's not, he's not been great lately, has he? No, it would be an absolute swerve for me. I wouldn't watch it at all. I uh, would maybe look at in running and see how Yamas plays and maybe. But um, yeah, Holgerun is the favourite. I, I just, I'm just not, not really that interested in betting on it. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one to find any real value with, with such a lot of guesswork involved. Yep, exactly. So uh, there is a lean there. Uh, Holgerun under 12 and a half. Total games is minus 112. So effectively wanting to win in straight sets and win in six games rather than uh, going into a tire break or a, a seven five set so that would be a lean for us but it's a, a tentative lean it's not it's something that we wouldn't really want to be too heavy about uh, the it next is match is that's fair yeah, to say it's tentative yeah the next match is really interesting to us uh, because it's our it's our 12 as this obviously i said earlier 6 30 a.m start tomorrow the next match is a really interesting one it's not only interesting one because we have our future plan but it's also interesting in terms of the betting as well we have uh, arthur Tazu, our pick to win the tournament 12 to 1 it was so impressive as we said uh, in his first round match, he's up against Felix Auger Aliassime, who was in terrible, terrible form. He's he's on a little bit of a comeback trail. He got beat by Medvedev in the Australian Open in round three. Uh, Kazu obviously beat Holger Rune. He's a local lad, as we've said, as we've alluded to. He's twelve to one, and we want to bet him to, for that reason. He's a favourite here, minus one twenty-five. Now you would never have thought he'd been favourite here prior to the Australian Open. Uh, Felix Auger Aliassime is even money. The spread is minus one and a half. It's plus one hundred two for uh, Kazu. And it's minus 130 for Felix, who receives the one and a half start. 22 and a half is the total, and minus 127 is the over, and 28 different other markets available on the Bet Rivers website. Arthur Kazoo, um, mm. we've got him at 12 to 1. He's been really impressive in the last, in, well, at the beginning of 2024. He's brilliant at the Australian Open. Extremely impressive in round one here against Martier. Um, mm. how, how, how good is this kid, and how far? 
can he go on what, what you've seen so far, Sean? I think he's very good. You know, he's he's really starting to to show what he's about now. He's had a lot of injuries, well, certainly a share of injuries in his young career so far. It looks like he's really starting to break through now. You know, if you got 12s, 14s, or even 16s about Kazo to win this tournament at the start, that's that's looking very decent now. He's down to about 7-1, to one, isn't he, after one match? And he's, he's... Have we got a little bit carried away? Because I'm, can I just ask, I just want to ask that question mm. there, because the reason I asked that question is because we did the podcast on Sunday where we, we tipped Kazoo to win this tournament. Mm. And every single handicapper I've seen, the tennis handicapper, I'm not saying they followed us. I'm not saying they've, they've done anything like that, but every single one of us tipped this, this guy. Okay. And I sometimes, but I don't like that. I don't no, know I don't it. like that. I didn't know when that to every... be honest. Now, now you got me worried. Well, I've seen about five or six people actually tip, tip this guy to win the tournament. And I think when other handicappers and everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet, I'd rather be against the tide. And I'm like, that's what's yeah, worrying not, me a little bit. I'm not this. keen on that either. No, I wish you hadn't said that, to be honest, because I'm now... I'm now well, we'll delete that bit from the show. We'll delete <laughs> I'm, that now, I'm now worried. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, I, I just don't think... like it either, particularly individual bets. Yeah. More so on individual bets. If I've seen something at maybe 11 to 10 or something like that, and everybody that you know is on it, that that worries me exactly yeah. the same as you. I, I just think well, maybe that's too obvious. I don't know. Um, I think it's it's clear that if you did get those decent double figure prices, that you now you have got a value bet on your hands. I think he's, as I said, he's down to seven to one after one match. So that's really all we can do. Um, the rest is up to him. It's kind of obvious in the sense that he's from Montpellier. He started out so well at Australian Open, showed a, a really good level and, and and a level head as well. He didn't look like he was. Going to be nervy. We'll see as as the week goes on if if he does sort of get nervy in his hometown. But you know what he's produced so far, you, you can't argue with it. He's in the five matches that he's played so far. I know it's a very small sample size, a small snapshot of his his career, if you like. But a service points one hundred ten points one total of one hundred and seven, and a service hold and break total of one hundred and eighteen is is it makes you sit up and take notice, particularly the latter stat. I know it's only five matches. You know, it, it remains to be seen whether he can carry on at that level. But, you know, he's played good opposition in those matches as well. 94% holds of serve, 83% first serve points for one. It's very, very strong serve. And that's why I went for the over games against a similarly strong server in Martyro, who unfortunately had a shocker for the first set. For most of the match, actually, but certainly the first set. And, and it's a similar bet is perhaps worthy again here because he's playing Felix, who's best tennis by a, a long, long way does come on indoor hard. Not sure why, whether it's just taking the elements out of the equation. He maybe just doesn't like playing in the wind or, or whatever, prefers the indoor conditions. In his last 10 matches on indoor hards, uh, Felix, 8-2 and win-loss. Service points, 110 points, one total of 109, which is very good. And 109 also in his service hold and break title. 88% holds of serve, 80% first serve points won. So once again, we've got two very strong servers are coming up against each other. Um, and given how strong those stats are, again, I quite like the over 10 and a half, the, the price of you know, you're getting more than plus 200, plus 205, I think you're getting with Bet Rivers about it going over 10 and a half. That, again, that's where I'm looking at here. The conditions are not wild about them, but with, I think with the way that these two play, the way that these two serve, they, they, can certainly, uh, they can certainly represent some value. There's some value there. First set overs for Sean. 28 different markets, again, available on the BetRivers website. And if you do place a bet, you'll be able to bet live and watch live on the website on your preferred 
tablet or your, or your laptop or whichever device you want to use. Uh, Sean, just one other thing. A, a lot of people have, are new to this channel in the last few weeks, the last few months, especially uh, since the start of the year. Um, and I've had the same question asked about me. When you talk about your ratings, 107, 118 uh, mm. service points, could you give a, li a little bit of an explanation again? I know that people have, you've explained it before, but there's a lot of people here who are new to the channel who have actually asked me about what does Sean mean by that? If you can just give a little bit of an explanation of what that actually means. Yeah, so on the Kazo one, for example, when I said he has a service points one every 10 points one tablet, 107, in a certain time frame, it's just the percentage of of points on serve and on return added together that he's won during that time frame. Um, I think Kazo's on about seventy, about seventy percent service points won, and you add together the amount of points he's won on return, which is I think in this case like thirty seven, and that gives you the total. And it's just a, a, a snapshot of of how how many points they're winning and and where they're winning them. In, in the period of time that I'm I'm talking about. Sometimes it goes back a lot longer. Well, most times it goes back a lot longer than five matches, but it normally goes back every year or, or a couple of years, but we don't have that with Kizzo. But that's, it's just a percentage, really. 107, 107% is, is, I suppose, technically what, what I should say. And is that is that one of your sort of, is that your main go-to thing from when handicapping these matches? Look at is that the first thing you look at before you look at, you know, you obviously look at the odds and then you look at that. Is it, how does it, is it, it in your, your framing of looking yeah. at the value? It's it's that and the the service break and hold total is is also interesting slightly less so because you can have a an anomaly where a guy saved like eighty ninety percent of the break points against him and you wouldn't expect that to carry on. So it's generally a, a quite a true reflect reflection of how how well a player is um, is performing. You can also use it in the head to heads as well, and I do use it in the head to heads. It shows you how a career series has panned out who's had the better of it who's won more points on serve who's who's been more effective on the return it just gives you an idea of um, the level of a, of a player at the, at the time that you're looking at more insights from the best handicapper in the world as far as i'm concerned sean handicap uh sean handicap sean calver on tennis sean handicap i like that that on a t-shirt yeah, the T-shirts are coming. Don't worry. If you if you if you want to know about the T-shirts, the T-shirts will be on their way very soon, and I'm been working on them all week. As a postal strike round here, it's it's I will drive them over and drop them at your doors and make sure you work wear them. Don't worry about that. The final match we're going to talk about is Denis Shapovalov against Alexander Bublik. Very similar to Felix Auger-Aliassime. Denis Shapovalov has dropped off the radar at the moment. A player that everyone was talking about as potential a major winner or Shevchenko, isn't it? Us. It's Chepo. Which one are we looking at? Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about Bublik game. No, that's not tonight. My mistake. My mistake. Well, that match there, we haven't. I haven't got the odds in front of me. That's why. So I, I'm looking at the Bet Rivers website, and I was looking. I look at it. I thought it was Chapovalov. So let's write it down. So that's, we've got. Yeah, so that's on tonight. We've got Shevchenko against Gregoire Barre. Well, you, it's all over to you, Sean, because I have absolutely no odds on that match <laughs> in front of me. So because um, it's, it's because the Barre match. Uh, sorry, the Shevchenko match has only just finished today. And up until about an hour and a half, two hours ago, we only had two matches set. Once Shevchenko had won his match against Savchina, he then slotted into the draw against Barrera. That's why um, there may not be uh, full odds up. I imagine they're coming through. There should be some around. We're coming through. Um, but at this moment of time, I'm completely cold. So uh, let me have a little. So Shevchenko against Barrera, how would you bet? I I would. Have you have you got, have you seen odds? I saw some odds earlier on. I can just Shevchenko minus two dollars. Let me just have a look. The odds are moving here, actually. Hang on. It's roughly um, 
1.73, 2 2.1, round about that sort of sort of mark. And you can convert that into American if you like. So um, Barrera is the favourite or Shevchenko is the favourite? Shevchenko is the favourite. Right, okay. But he should be. Hang on a minute. Is this the wrong way around? Just hang on a second, Matt. I think this is... Uh... Well, no, actually, let me tell you something. There's no odds on this match. So this is this is raw. So we're sitting here with no odds. So this is quite interesting sort of uh, sort of development the show here. We have no odds here. And I, I've seen another rival bookmaker come up with some odds, and they're making Barrera the favourite. He's... I think these have been published the wrong way around. I'm not. I think they're right. Chevchenko is Chevchenko is the underdog here. Well, I thought Chevchenko would be around about minus, I, I don't know, one one seventy, one one sixty, something like that. He he's, he's the underdog. So clearly here, Chevchenko is the bet. Right. Okay. Um, I was looking at it from the other way around. I mean, the first odds <laughs> that I saw, the first odds that I saw had had um, Shevchenko as around roughly the price that you you suggested. At which point I was thinking about going on to Barrer, but now that Barrer's favourite, mm, I'm not sure about that. Um, we can talk about this match in, in the sense that Shevchenko, he, he certainly wasn't very good today against anyone that saw his match against Serevchina. It was a it was a bad-tempered display. He's not been playing well the last three matches. That's, that's the problem that he's had. He wasn't happy about the line calls. Because he was playing on the smaller court, which is which doesn't have the the Hawkeye replay, or whatever you want to call it, the, the instant replay of the points. So there was a lot of questionable, or in his mind, questionable line calls. He he stopped playing at one point, so I'm not playing anymore until the supervisor comes out because he wanted one of the line judges removed. Um, both players got warnings for racket abuse. There was there was all sorts going on. He had to do it the hard way, Shevchenko. He was just setting a break up and about one to twenty five in play at one stage. Then he had to come back from 4-2 down in the decider. Um, so not good form. And that's that's why when I first saw the odds, they've obviously been corrected very quickly or they were put up the wrong way around, one of the two. Because um, I was interested in Pereira as, as, um, as the underdog here. The reason being, if, if we go back to what I was talking about with the stats, Shevchenko's stats on indoor hard at main level in the last 12 months, not quite as good as Pereira's. That's why I was interested in backing Pereira's underdog. Service points, one in return points, one total of 101. Service hold and break total of 105. 86% holds of serve. Now, if we compare that with Barrere, Barrere's better. 103 um, total on service points, one in return points, one. And his service hold and break total is 107, which is two points better. And 88% holds of serve. Now, if we're now saying that Barrere is favourite, then that's about right, isn't it? Well, I... I... I, this is a bit. This is a bit strange for me at the moment because obviously we look at the Bet Rivers website and we we haven't got the odds on it. We were talking about a match. This is the the complications we're having today, trying to find prices and odds. Mm. Now the opening line for Chevchenko with some books was minus two dollars. That's what I mean. That's what and I now saw. and now he's plus one ten. Yeah, that's that's so, what's confused me because I saw round about that, and I haven't looked at the line since until now. But that's a, a massive. Correction, isn't it? That now, is you, a, you, you you know a lot of, about a lot more about making the, the odds than I do. So how do you well, think? That, well, I on? think I think I think someone's gone up with a line of minus. Like I initially thought it'd be about minus one eighty five Chevchenko. Someone's gone up with that line. They've seen early money for it and they've they've panicked. And they've taken the line down and all of a sudden they're waiting for the market to reform. Someone else has gone up with a line at plus one ten for Chevchenko. I think the match will probably start around about pick and match. It'll be it'll be about a minus one ten each. But mm. if that was money that moved that, then I would be very wary of the match. That would be my that would, you you know we're talking about a, a price that's gone live an hour ago, 
that someone was minus two dollars and now they're plus one ten. I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would be quite wary of that. My first reaction here straight away was min- minus two dollars, um, which is what it initially was. That's why yeah. I went. That's why I've written down here that I like Barrera at the odds. But now that he's favourite, I, I don't like him so much. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, I would be slightly wary of it. I wait for the market to form. We wait to see what Bet Rivers come up with, and you know, we'll see that the odds on that. But um, I, I thought we were talking about the. I wrote down the Chevchenko game because I had the Chevchenko match on the screen there. So, um, sorry, not the Chevchenko, the Shapovalov game. Yeah, so that's on tonight. I, I would be slightly wary to the market formed, but you know, if you wanted to bet Barrera, what price would you bet Barrera at here? Well, I liked the early. The first price I saw was about two point four, right? Which I thought was good value, and now it's obviously no value at all. Um, I would probably bet Barrera. You're probably not going to get it now, but I'd probably bet him about 2.2, something like that, plus right, 120. Okay. I doubt no, you'll I'll... get that now. But What price would you bet Chevchenko at? After watching him today, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about it. He's not, He's not. I don't know what's up with him at the minute. He's not He's not the player that we saw at the end of last season and and right at the start of this season. It's, ever since he lost that bad one to Echeverry, he's, he's gone off. I don't know if it's something to do with the, the switch to Kazakhstan or something's gone on there that's made him do that I, I don't know but he doesn't look he doesn't look like he's in anything like the form he was in the end of last year well from the early flurries of the betting here this would be a match that i would probably just watch and have a little look at and see how the market reforms it because there has been a big swing you know someone goes from minus two dollars to plus 110 there is obviously something behind that move or so, it was um, just an error in the first place, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's an error. I'm not sure. I mean, you, you would, you're actually seeing money. But anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see how the market lies. If you want to have a place, it, there's no odds available at Bet Rivers yet. But Chevchenko Barrera is the final match we're talking about for tomorrow, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Remember to follow uh, us on our socials at Because We Win on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube. And download our podcast. Uh, it's Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. We want to get out the podcast charts and with your help, we can do so. Um, not the greatest of tennis this week, Sean, is it really? So this is no. our final episode of the week. And, you know, we, we know we just keep your money cautious. And these these events here, you know, you you want to be a little bit careful with some of these big moves, don't you, really? Yeah, I mean, this could still end up being a, a very good week for us because Zoe carries on the form yep. that he's shown. I think that's probably going to be my main interest between now and the end of the week, as I said at the start of the week, I think if he beats Felix, um, you know, this draw is is absolutely wide open, isn't it? He'd yeah. have the winner at Benoit pair against Mayot, which you you would certainly expect him to win. Um, and then, you know, later on down the line, you're looking at uh, possibly Bublik, possibly Shapovalov, possibly Barrer, Shevchenko, one of those guys. You know, I think there's reasons to be hopeful for Kazar. I think that's probably what my advice would be, watch and, and, you know, join along with the Kazo journey. Yep. Kazo all the way. Let's hope we cash tickets on him and we come back next week with a 12 to 1 winner. Where are we next? We're in Dallas, aren't we? We're all over the place next week. It goes back to three tournaments a week. Oh, this, is, this is more like Dallas, uh, Marseille, and I think Cordoba. I can't really see from here. Oh. Certainly three tournaments. I think it's um, definitely Dallas. I think Marseille and Cordoba. The yeah. start of the, uh, the Golden Swing in, in South America on the clay. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, much more picks as well on that. And also, we're going to be a little bit more busy, much more betting activity rather than just the one tournament, which we're obviously time dependent on as well. Anyway, Sean, thanks very much for your time. 
Have a good day. Uh, good luck with your bets if you are placing a wager. And remember, please subscribe. Give us a comment as well. You know, we, any questions you have, we always answer them as well. So have a good day. And uh, we'll see you again next week on uh, Sunday when we look at those three tournaments. The Outrun Market will be a bumper show on Sunday. So please subscribe and make sure you tell your friends as well. All the best. Take care.